Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, editor here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you go for your podcast needs. In today's episode, I'm joined by James Broadhurst, Principal Consultant at Resistant AI, and we're going to be talking about FAS and how to think like a cyber criminal. James, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, pleasure to have you. Um, Could you just go into a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do, James? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, my current role is with Resistant AI, as, as you mentioned. Uh, we're a scale-up um, organization focusing on helping businesses solve cybercrime, uh, money laundering, and, and related challenges through the application of advanced AI. Uh, and my background, in, in briefly, is um, uh, ID and fraud. Uh, I've been working in that, uh, that sphere for quite a long time. Uh, prior to Resistant, I was leading a, a European-wide team of consultants and, and subject matter experts for, for one of the larger credit rating organizations uh, focusing on ID and fraud. So that's a little bit about me. Lovely stuff. Thank you for that. Um, so yeah, obviously, as we we were kind of like talking about earlier, um, I mentioned uh, FAS or fraud as a service. Uh, might might be the first time I've ever kind of used that um, shortened in that in that way. It, it's clearly some, something on the up and up. So what, what would you say? You know, is fraud as a service, um, and and how big of a problem is it becoming? I think fraud as a service. It's a, sort of an extension of the other. As a service uh, acronyms that we see out there, yeah, so SaaS, software, and infrastructure as a service. I'm sure there are some others. Uh, it's been coined. I'm entirely sure how widespread it is, is now. I think it might have been the first time I've actually heard it read out as fast. But uh, so you heard it here first. It's essentially the the enablement of, of fraud uh, in a convenient way. When we talk about things as a service, um, to those of us working in technology and IT, we tend to think that that means. In many cases, convenience, easy accessibility, um, something I can easily go out and get, something I need to do invest infrastructure, sorry, invest heavily in infrastructure to use. And well, fraud as a service is really just uh, the way we used to describe some of the, the tools and services that are out there, unfortunately, which are powering uh, the bad stuff, are powering um, uh, the expansion of, of, uh, of fraud, especially uh, fraud as a part of cybercrime. Um, and we'll probably go into a little bit more detail about some of the specific techniques, but um, these the, the fraudsters are, are, have it much easier. Now. It's kind of never been easier to be a fraudster, um, whether you're uh, you know someone working on their own or perhaps as part of a, a more structured criminal criminal organisation. And fraud as a service really is just a way we used to describe how uh, how easy it is, unfortunately, to to access some of the the tools, techniques, data. And even training, and uh, that uh, that enables, unfortunately, these uh, the criminals to do their to do their work. Yeah, and and which industries are particularly at risk of uh, fraud as a service? Um, you know, we've, we've seen maybe quite quite a lot of uh, healthcare companies being targeted um, since since COVID and that kind of stuff. So, what what, what do you feel are the you know spaces that are being the most uh, impacted? I think almost anybody who um, is operating in in, uh, in a digital world, you know, if we if we if we take a, a classic definition of fraud, which essentially is somebody doing something for for, for gain um, to the detriment to somebody else, then that really covers uh, quite a wide sphere, a multitude of uh, uh, of ills and sins. Healthcare is a good example. I think there's some examples in the, in the in the during the COVID pandemic of hospitals being shut down due to 
cybercrime activities. Uh, really, I mean, anyone who's got something to lose or someone who's got something to gain, they would be uh, the parties who would be either interesting, interested in using um, fraud as a service or unfortunately might be uh, suffering the consequences, consequences of that. I mean, what what were the telltale signs that fraud as a service is happening? You know, what should security analysts be looking for? Could almost be anything, really. I mean, it could be. Um, uh, we might come on to this later. It's, it's often it's just a question of uh, understanding when uh, your business, your organisation is, is is being subject to attacks. Often that's one of the biggest challenges to realise when these things are happening. Um, if you're seeing scaled attacks, so if, for example, you're a bank offering um, online applications for accounts or credit cards or other financial services and you start seeing just the volume of attacks going up it's likely that that's being powered by some automated processes um, in a very similar way that your business might be run uh, you know you have workflows and, and customer acceptance processes based on automation uh, alas on the other side on the dark side uh, the fraudsters have cottoned on as well that um, you can achieve quite a lot with a, a low number of resources perhaps a bunch of stolen data and typically if you're seeing you know, high volume of tax, often those will be powered by some kind of automation, which is uh, often being set up through through some kind of fraud as a service um, uh, capability. Mm. Are there any kind of like high profile um, examples of this, um, maybe some over the last few years? Oh, good example. Uh, sorry, good question. Um, I mean, in our business, I, I can't actually say who, who it was um, for reasons of confidentiality, but we have seen quite recently where... Um, in a specific European country, a specific type of ID document had been um, not just copied, photocopied or manipulated, but created from scratch. And the fraudsters actually bombarded that organization with thousands of, of variations of that same um, identity document. Um, and that, you know, that was powered by artificial intelligence being used to to create those multiple variants of the same document. So changes in personal information each time. Yeah, I think anywhere where you're seeing attacks at scale, it's because the, the fraudsters are taking advantage of, of the abilities they have now to, you know, to, to do quite a lot with quite quite a little, if you like. Mm. No, no, I mean, it sounds it sounds quite advanced. How can companies protect themselves from this? Mm. Um, we would usually say that protection against fraud in, in general is um, is a question of how you know a multi layered approach because the, the the types of attacks they might be suffering could go be all the way from from sort of the low end where somebody is perhaps just manipulating their uh, personal situation their income their their financial status to, to obtain a loan that's still fraud that's what we call first person fraud all the way up to the other end and you you've probably heard of you know even instances of uh, a state-sponsored uh, uh, cyber criminal activity you know North Korea typically get called out um, and everything in between um, so there isn't really a one-size-fits-all the, the what we would propose is that uh, organizations uh, try and assemble as much data as they can in order to fight back so it's kind of uh, different stages to the process you have to have an understanding of what's going on in your business you have to have that understanding in real time yeah, you have to be able to make sense of the, um, the vast quantities of information that you might uh, you might be required to process to look for the anomalies to look for uh, the suspicious behavior and you also have to be very good at separating good from bad because uh, it would be very easy to just put a bunch of controls you know on the front door of your business and not let anybody in you wouldn't have fraud but you wouldn't have any good customers either so we, we often use phrases like multi-layered approach where depending on your business process your, your operations and the kind of business you're in you need to adapt the the defense measures to your type of business and also to to react when when fraud patterns change which we, we saw quite recently in the pandemic 
Yeah, I think I think that's some really important advice that I think a lot of companies should be taking on board, especially when facing facing these kind of threats. Um, James, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it was really, really great to get your insights into today's topic. You're welcome. And, and thank you to everyone listening as well. We hope you took a lot away from today's discussion, but for further information on what we discussed, please head on over to resistance.ai. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series, but until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms, Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, please head on over to EM360Tech.com.